So dobrý večer. Good evening, everyone. So a few more folks joining us. Uh, so I apologize for a few minutes delay. Uh, my name is Přemysl I'm the director of the Czech Center. I'm really delighted to see so many of you and the continuation of the program which we have actually launched earlier this year. And as the title suggests, uh, Women in Focus. So we tend really to invite inspirational women so they can share their own stories, uh, professional stories, professional accomplishment, but of course some personal challenges that they might have encountered throughout their, their life uh, and accomplish professional uh, results. And uh, it's the fourth one we have started, as I said, uh, in the spring uh, in the curator of modern art, then we had a ballet, prima ballerina uh, dancer here, we have uh, athletic or football player uh, here before the summer, if you recall, and I'm very delighted uh, that this evening we really have uh, exceptional women here that agreed to join us. Uh, this is Eva Jiřičná, the world-renowned architect and the interior designer. Eva is best known for her innovative use of industrial materials in, in retail and commercial spaces and creative fusion of her engineering and architectural spaces uh, in, interior, in interior design. Eva has a really long list of the landmark achievements, which I certainly am not going to go through because Eva has prepared about 250 slides for you uh, this, this evening. But let me just mention a few of them uh, in retail spaces in some of the prestigious stores, uh, which everyone does know, like Harrods, uh, Lloyd's, uh, Kenzo, but also in some cultural institutions like RCA, uh, VNA or the Somerset House. But uh, of course, many of uh, her buildings you can find in the Czech Republic and in her hometown, uh, Zlín, like the conference center, uh, the concert hall, or the university building, but also in Prague, uh, the British Council, if you are here in the UK, in Prague, the Hotel Josef, and the Prague Castle, the Orangery, uh, which uh, is well known. And perhaps some of you might have been here last week when we screened the film about Karel Schwarzenberger's fusions of his apartment. So it was also uh, work, uh, interior design of Eva, Eva Izicna. So Eva has also has many uh, awards uh, received throughout her life uh, by the commander of the Order of the British Empire, but also the Lifetime Achievement Medal at the London Design Festival a number of honorary degrees, just to mention uh, a few from RCA, Nottingham University, or the London Metropolitan University. So before now, I turn the floor uh, to Eva. I really uh, would like also to welcome here uh, Diane Sudic, uh, which uh, many of you might know is the former director of the Design Museum here in, in London, not too far from us a very renowned writer and broadcaster, uh, expert on design and architecture, who will kindly uh, share the discussion uh, in, uh, with Eva and the Q&A. So, enjoy the evening, and I think now is the time. Okay. <laughs> I 
I have to say that now, you know, I'm the most impatient person, but now... Me too. <laughs> that's why I gave up architecture. <laughs> but I could sit, you know, at the desk with a piece of paper endlessly, so that is... I, don't, I can't explain it, but that's what it is. <laughs> no, I, no. I think that I just don't have been extremely lucky because I had all those opportunities. Had I stayed in Prague, my goodness me, what would have happened? I don't think that I would have ever... I think most of my colleagues actually finished, you know, so a salesman or um, um, graphic designers, because architecture is close to it. But now, I really, I only came for a year. <laughs> and you came because you wanted to, not because you had to, despite your unreliability. I didn't want to participate. First of all, nobody offered me a job to work on buildings, you know, because, I mean, as a woman who can never understand the structure, so the doors were closed, you know, so I don't know what I would have done, so probably I would have finished with some interiors as well, but it would have been interiors of, um, I don't know, very um, basic stores, because during the communism, you know, so architecture did not really flourish. But also, you know, so when I, because my father was traveling, because since he didn't join the Communist Party, so he was doing exhibitions because he did an exhibition and they threw him out. He did another exhibition and they threw him out. So he was never properly employed, so, but uh, as an advantage, he now was working all over the world because of those big exhibitions. Uh, it was the flavor of that period, you know, the 50s and 60s. So every time he went abroad, he just bought architectural magazines. And we as students were tracing with a piece of tracing paper, and we were tracing architecture of all those people, which means that you remember it pretty well if you, if you have to go over every single line. So I didn't know what was happening elsewhere. And I did not particularly, as you could see, that haunted building, you know, in Australia, which I showed you, I didn't particularly want to participate on anything of that kind. So I tried, you know, for, I have been trying, or have been trying for three years to get a job, and they, every time I found a job, so they just did not give me a visa or a passport. So, Eventually, there was a Congress of Architects in 1967 in Prague, and I met a deputy architect of GLC. I took him to the office when I was working on something which was very similar to rationalized building system which GLC was doing at the time. And he said, would it be nice to make an exchange? And only through him, I managed to get to London. So. Some architects, um build to survive, to make a business, and others do it because they have to. Um, I guess you're the second kind, even though you didn't want to be an architect to start with. <laughs> no, I, I don't know, you know, my brother um, is a biochemist and he runs an institute of cancer research. I can imagine myself um, doing that as well, so because it is very exciting. But it was really, it, it was this kind of um, 
anger of a young person not being able to do what you want to do, even if I wasn't sure that I wanted to do it, just because your abilities are kind of considered insufficient you know, to do the job, which lots of women had done before me. So my father actually had six. It was actually the same ratio. My father, and when he studied, there were 60 boys and six girls. And when I, so there were 60, 68 uh, boys and six girls. So the ratio was, was exactly the same. Now I see it. It is not the other way around. There are more girls uh, at architectural colleges than, than boys, and how fantastic they are. But next time, <laughs> I don't know whether it was just for Czech Republic, but we didn't have much chance. <laughs> but architecture is this strange mixture of things, isn't it? It's, um, I've heard it compared to making a movie. Uh, in that both require someone to have an idea and be sufficiently persuasive to persuade people to part with their money um, and then to stand on a construction site or a movie set surrounded by people who think you're an idiot and impose your will on them. Um, and then of course if you're an architect, you're the star or you're the poor scriptwriter, keeps having their script rewritten and rewritten and rewritten. Architecture is extraordinarily frustrating, isn't it? Frustrating? Challenging. I wouldn't find it just... Well, I find it very frustrating working with developers. That is frustrating. <laughs> I find it very difficult to fight with history building departments and now basically investors and so on. But the actual process, if um, um, it's challenging, you know, you never reach, you are always you know, missing the target, you know, so at the end of it, but not going up and down, I don't know when I would call it frustration, it's actually quite fun. <laughs> so, um, yes. Uh, but developers, I think, don't have it to. And this, that extraordinary sequence of staircases, obviously you take pleasure in building those. Each one is more delicious than one. It, it was just on how many different principles you can find to support a horizontal layer or horizontal level. You know, now you can suspend it, you can now support it, you can catch it on both sides. You can. It's, it's very difficult you know, just to go through everything, but every single staircase which we have done is a different structural principle, so it's like doing a big puzzle. So. And when you work with engineers, and we have worked with quite a few, they now get terribly excited doing it with you, so because you know, we are challenging each other, and, and um, eventually sometimes <coughs> the cost which stops them from being there because the client just of say well that is the limit and you can't actually go as far as you would like to go but um, it was really uh, it was doing interiors and just of you know using uh, the wallpaper color on the wall carpet and everybody used the carpet except small areas 
um, it is very boring. So I think it's not, not. I, you know, I love loved math, I loved chemistry, I loved all those technical subjects. So um, it was kind of an escape for me to doing to start doing all those staircases because it was a little bit of excitement, you know, just of um, maybe a little respect to chemistry. You know. Chemistry, I suppose, you can blow yourself up, so it does have a certain level of risk. But those staircases are all taking a risk, aren't they? Oh, oh, absolutely. I mean, the amount of sleepless nights, you know, mm -hmm. and, uh, I can't tell you because it's, uh, especially at the beginning, because at the beginning, I mean, now you can work with glass as a structure material because you can make it safe, you can laminate it, you can toughen it, you can toughen laminate it, you know, you can do all those things, you know, to make it safe. But when we started, so we were, it was my invention to put a piece of perspex underneath the glass because otherwise nobody would have given us permission to let people go up and down. And Tim McFarlane, who, no, I'm just abusing names, sorry, I apologize, but that is one of the famous engineers who works with glass. So, no, he just uh, learned how to calculate uh, the composite uh, action of those two materials because they stick together. So and the suction actually holds them together. So it was, um, you know, like a chemistry experiment. You know, we did uh, try it. We did try it in various workshops, and as you could see, I mean, workshops and uh, experimentation and is still going on up to the very last moment. So um, it was, you can, of course, the calculations give you um, some kind of assurance that the building is going to, um, uh, to stand up. But when you work with a piece of fragile material like the glass, and when you see it in the air, you know, so, and when you see people walking on it, and for example, when we were doing that New York shop, when we, for the first time, we class without any metal at all, that was pretty risky. And at the opening, they invited you know, 200 people, and 1,200 people came and walked on it. So, uh, yes, I was standing in the corner, and I was not um, enjoying myself. <laughs> but it is now five years, and it's still there, so the engineer was there. And the manufacturers were right, I mean, you need a combination of both. <laughs> you have a very strong sense of, it's the word taste, I mean, it seems that you have a, a very strong visual approach, a voice. Um, does that come from Zlin originally, mm -hmm. that sense of sobriety? Well, you know, I, uh, I was born in a modern town, now brought up by an architect who grew up in a modernist period. I was taught by his colleagues who were modernist architects. Some of them studied and worked for this year. Um, so what else could have happened? You know, I definitely did not suffer from postmodernism. So but Czechoslovakia had that duality, didn't it? It had rationalism, but also quite a lot of gingerbread. Mm -hmm. 
ta hoidi. Going back to Prague for the first time since 68, because you were actually criminalized mm -hmm. for leaving your so Years of, of imprisonment, yes. I joined the Society for Human Rights, and now I brought the list of people who joined with me to London, and I left it in Coburg Hotel, which was on the other side of the road from the Czech Embassy at the time. I suppose it did get to the wrong hands. Um, who knows, but my mom and she was actually present in Prague you know, to the hearing when I was sentenced. So she was told that you know, one of my sins was uh, uh, to be a member of this society. So but it was the only reason why I got three years, I don't know, but who cares? <laughs> it was just a, uh, very difficult for my, my mother because my father died. Um, uh, both my brother and myself emigrated. She did not get any pension, so it was mainly me supporting her all that time. And she, no mother wants to be supported by her children, so it uh, it was um, it was a hard time for her. But, mm. And then to be able to go back. Um, that, that that was I I really. He never thought it was going to be possible. I do remember because it was, um, you know, my mother was in London because my brother got married. And I think that, as a matter of fact, I think that it was the first child was born. So she was allowed on her own to come to London to visit him. And, you know, um, we were watching and she, we, we were just of sitting in, uh, in the evening, just watching the television, and suddenly there was uh, the 17th of November and the demonstrations, and my mother having come, you know, with all those uh, permissions which I had to invite her, I had to pay for her, I had to do everything possible to make, uh, send her ticket made for her. So, so we were watching television and suddenly it looked as if um, it was going to collapse. And she actually returned, you know, that was actually a shame, a story to tell as well. She returned to the free country, unfortunately. It was uh, in December. It was snowing. The plane was diverted from um, Prague's airport um, to Ostrava. Uh, in Ostrava, uh, they said to almost all the ladies on the plane <laughs> so that, that they had to wait for 9 o'clock in the morning for the train to Prague. And, um, or that there was an option of taking a taxi. So three ladies decided to share the taxi. So Ma got in a taxi. The taxi drove to nearest woods and took all labor lines and left them oh. in the snow drift and oh. <laughs> drove off. So that was, uh, my mom always used to tell it as an example of uh, coming back to a free country. So. <laughs> That's terrible. Um, I'm going to ask you one last question and then open it to the audience a bit. Um, 
What do you say when young people ask you, should they become architects? Nah, go for it and have fun. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that I would uh, hesitate a minute to do it again. Fantastic answer. Mm -hmm. So let's have some good questions. There's a microphone out there. Central of Prague, I mean, the, the historic part of the center, 
everything was completely devastated. After those 22 years and the war, the combination of those two things, you know, just somehow made it extremely sad. So now, this is why now I said to myself that I did not want to come back now to Berk, you know, as an architect in Prague, because I had to leave all the opportunities to my Czech colleagues, you know, because they were, I saw there were so many opportunities and they had not had a chance of working as architects, you know, so um, all those years. So it was only when there was a competition for the, the inside of Frank Gehrig's Anderson's Consulting Lansing Building and they invited all the foreign architects, including us. So I went there for the first time. And then, of course, I found out that there was a lot of work for everybody because suddenly there was a boom, you know, so, but now, but it was, I said all the negative things, but the positive thing was that when they took me up um, to, you know, when you come from the airport and you go down the serpentine, Khotkovi Sadi, who is Czech and who knows the journey, and you see the Prague from the top looking down at it, so, it was just astonishingly beautiful. So um, that was, I think, that's the mixture. And that was still what I, <laughs> what I forgot to say, you know, in my room, so now in this splendid hotel. So now the last day, because I was working with the BBC, so I didn't have much time, but then I wanted, the last day I wanted to go to see my mum. So I didn't know how to travel because all the trams changed the routes and so on. So I went to the reception and I said, could I please have a taxi? And they said, oh yes. And so, and I said, oh, I better tell you where I want to go. And they said, oh, we know because you are going to see your mother because they overheard a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Um, um, so uh, thank you for the beautiful talk. Uh, I firstly would love to say I'm, I'm Czech as well and uh, Hotel Josef, the design, is one of my most favorite in the world of my life. So thank you for, for designing it. It's, it's changed just of now. <laughs> it's been changed. Oh, anyway. But I remember, you know, when I lived in Prague, uh, I remember it and it's, it's, it, it was really brilliant. I actually don't know that it's, it's, uh, it's been changed. And I just wanted to ask, um, uh, as a woman, because I'm in arts, uh, so not in architecture, but in music and and uh, acting and film. How did you, um, uh, or how would you describe uh, combining your private life as a woman, if I can ask that, and the career? Uh, because um, I think that is a um, an interesting topic, and it can be approached, of course, uh, in many ways. So what would be, for example, your tip how to approach, uh, um, if you want to have a strong professional career, how to sustain yourself as a woman and maybe also be happy in that way uh, in your private life? I have to hesitate what I'm going to say because, you know, in, in my case, you know, I, I had a very strict mother and every time I achieved something, so she she would say, so what? So, <laughs> so I stopped telling her anything. 
and why I'm saying it, that I don't, you know, I learn not to expect anything from life. So I think that everything, if I achieved anything, if I had any minor success, it was just a, such a wonderful experience because it was totally unexpected, you know. I mm, hardly ever mm, fought for something, you know, I feel if I'm doing something, I get you know, terribly passionate and involved in what I'm doing, you know, so, but um, it really doesn't matter when I'm, uh, which sex I am, you know, so it is just that I charge regardless, you know, so. So, in my own case, I really never noticed that I was badly treated, you know, for just because I was a woman, except this kind of interview at, in uh, the School of Architecture when they told me and they didn't like women because they didn't understand the structure, quality construction. So that was the only thing which I can, can remember. But, on the other hand, I have seen an, uh, in our office, we had lots and lots of women working in our office, and I did notice how hard it is for the women, um, you know, to, uh, to be taken seriously. And, uh, I mean, architectural school now, I think, that are out of this trouble. I mean, students, girls and boys are treated absolutely in the same way. And the girls are fantastic, absolutely fantastic, you know. And I've taught in Prague, I've taught in London, I've taught in Harvard. So I can tell you, so that is, uh, you know, schools of architecture, um, I mean, sorted out this problem. But I had a client who called me and he said that he did not want a woman to work on his project. So I said, okay, I'm designing. And he said, I don't mean to, you know, so. But that is what happens. I do. Thank you for your lovely talk. And I would like to ask, where is home, the Czech Republic or Britain? Still need to be supported. Uh, I can see that there is still a huge amount of, uh, well, there is a long journey to go before uh, we can say that men and women in this profession are treated equally. But as far as I'm concerned, you know, I, I just don't, I really don't know. Somehow I did not pay any attention. I just don't charge. And if I lost, I lost. We opened a bottle of champagne and it went on. You know, so I, no, I think that it was really my mum. <laughs> I would love to give you a more honest answer, but that is uh, what it is. Well, you know, when my mom was alive, so I used to say that I've got two homes, but if I, I'm sorry to say so, but if I get on the plane in Prague and fly to London, I'm going home. It's 55 years, and I know uh, Prague extremely well. I still have got some relatives. I have got very good friends. But all my, most of my professional experience has been here. I feel in, uh, that, and I did, I mean, the reason why I felt, you know, 
and that I had to give something back and I taught him Prague free of charge and I did lots of things free of charge just of, um, just of to pay back what I had been given by, by that country because I had fantastic professors, fantastic friends and fantastic memories and I still love it but now I do get back to my little flat in London and I feel at home but I could live in Prague again, you know, so it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be difficult at all if I, by circumstances, had to live in Prague. It's just of, you know, it's a length of time. I just was wondering, you were doing so many diverse projects, and the stairs, the steps are, the stairs are fabulous, but is there anything, any project, or anything which you haven't done which you feel, oh, I'd love to do that? Well, I tell you, it's um, I always wanted to do a hospital because this is something that you help people, and I that was my dream, you know, from um, maybe very beginning. And now, ten years ago, I had a telephone call in the middle of night, and now there was a doctor who um, now has got a foundation for bone marrow transplant uh, and now he asked me whether I would be interested in building an extension to the state hospital in Pearson, again the town Pearson comes in and now he just said he wanted something as a cloud because most people who suffer from leukemia and who he his best friend had a daughter who suffered from leukemia and there was no cure during the communist regime. There was no, nobody who would cure um, leukemia in Czech Republic or Czechoslovakia. He immediately, as soon as the border opened, he went to Basel and spent three years learning how to treat the patients with leukemia and bone marrow transplant. He established a foundation and by the time, 10 years ago, he had enough money to build the extension for his patients. He has got three million people registered in this uh, organization. He, uh, and I was absolutely delighted. We started working on the project and as a doctor and as a brilliant man, he smoked 100 cigarettes a day and he died of lung cancer. He, the foundation then was left to his um, successes and nothing happened. And three years ago, now we had a telephone call from the lawyer saying that the project is back um, on track and we can start working on it. So we started working on it and the client who are doctors who really have got no idea about architecture and how you run architecture project, but I recommended the project manager. This project manager had never done project management ever before. He, we met him once in the office when he came to sell us Russian beer because he bought a second-hand one and he wanted to build it on the embankment in Prague, which we refused. So from starting from being a salesman, uh, so then he started working on building site and he sold himself to the client as a project manager. 
He, um, after three years, this project, which I really, really, really wanted to do because I felt it was somehow my duty, so has finished. Um, I'm still going to Prague in a couple of weeks time to a meeting. But he completely threw us out, got rid of us. Mom kept saying to the client that uh, our project is uh, completely inadequate, um, wrongly designed. Uh, he had uh, built who couldn't build. He had the experts. I mean, catastrophe, you know. So, and this man is still in charge because the client is now afraid of getting rid of him. The building is halfway through the construction, and God knows what is going to happen. <laughs> so, my gym project, you know, did not <laughs> materialize the way I, I would have wished. But you just don't have to take these disasters in where it comes as much as the successes. So, what can I do? Maybe the next one. But what a shame. <laughs> Uh, what is your take on politics in architecture? Where is uh, Jan Kapitsky Library Park or Chelsea Barracks uh, after the Royal Intervention? So there is politics and politics everywhere. It was a tragic story. This, uh, the library, to my mind, can never be built because I think at the site where the library was to be built is now used for other purposes. The library had an eye looking at the castle where Václav Havel was a president. And the entire library has been now, by the library itself, moved to outskirts of Prague. So there is no reason for building another library. It was um, like this hospital, you know, it was an unfortunate um, unfortunate story and now um, I think that um, Jan he had a pleasure of winning that competition which he really wanted to do he I mean I could hardly see him happier in his life when he was told that his team won and he managed now for a press conference and for a few more weeks, I think that was probably the happiest time of his life. What followed was uh, one of the architectural disasters. <laughs> so it doesn't happen only we are spreading, it happened to Zaha Hadid, it happened to lots of architects. Unfortunately, in his case, uh, it wasn't. God knows what would have happened, you know, had it not been there, but he was not very well and just did not really make it. So, very sad story in this party. But I think that Prague will live with the image of um, this octopus, as it's called, for a long time. So, and I think that it made lots of people look at modern architecture in a completely different manner. So I see it, it fulfilled its purpose in a strange way. Hi, um, thank you so much for this talk. Uh, I was really excited to come today because uh, my dad uh, had been working at Hotel Yosef since I was born and I think I was running around the 
stairs at the hotel since I was a little kid, and uh, I think I fell a lot of times. Uh, but my question is, um, have you seen a difference between the way women are or were treated, uh, both in architecture and overall in life, between Czech Republic and Great Britain, both now and back in the days? I see it in Czech Republic, it's probably better than I've seen in this country. Um, but now, you know, I've seen women badly treated. Yes, I have, you know, so, and now, you know, one of the reasons why there were so many women working in our office was that now every time I had an opportunity to give somebody a chance. And, um, of course, you know, the best thing for an office is if you have um, half and half because they complement each other. So that is my experience. But I have seen women badly treated, yes. And, now, and I've seen that now it still takes time, you know, to work on it. And I've seen an effect that the architectural students, you know, so women architectural students, are so brilliant. I think that it's going to change a lot because I think that mm, developers always go for something which pays, and I think that they will make money on those people. So even if it is not the right way to go about it, so I think that it will definitely in future it will make a tremendous difference. I mean, one of the examples is a Hadi. She just really made such a tremendous change. Thank you very much. It was a very wonderful evening, uh, as we said in the beginning, uh, full of inspirational thoughts and sharing your experiences. I still recall the chart that you, I think it was the last slide, uh, I think there's many challenges and hardships, and uh, I think one of the options was hit, and it was very few. I don't agree. I think we had so many hits, and congratulations for all those hits and for this wonderful evening. <laughs>